Thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
to fear thy name, and I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my heart, and I
If you're enjoying this music, encourage your friends to listen to this program each week.
I will be glad and rejoice in Thee. I will sing praise to Thy name, O Thou Most High. Psalm 9 verse 2 As the parched earth longs for rain My soul thirsts for You Do not turn me away, Lord I'm reaching out for You I'm longing for You Hear my prayer, O Lord Give ear to my plea I am unrighteous, but you are righteous Do not turn away from me It's your grace I see Show me in the morning Jesus suffered 
though it will cost all you claim as yours. Your sacrifice will seem small beside the treasure eternity can't measure what Jesus holds in store. Embrace the the cross requires Ring to the one Whose heart knew every pain Receive from Jesus Fountains of compassion Only He can fashion Our hearts to move as He
that I hear is my little boy calling for daddy to hear just what he has to say. Hold them near while they're here and don't wait for tomorrow.
Invite your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise. So 
Down the Via Dolorosa All the way to Calvary Yes, I'm bound for the kingdom yes, I'm bound of the blessed and the blessed and the free. And my Jesus, and my Jesus soon is coming, coming after me. After me. Nothing, there is nothing to compare, nothing to compare with, the glory with the glory over there. Yes, I'm bound for the kingdom of the free. Well, I'm going to a country, a country, where they say we'll never die. We'll be endless joy and glory there for me. Joy and glory there for me. Yes, I know I'll live forever in the city, in the sky. Yes, I'm bound for the kingdom of the free. Yes, I'm bound for the kingdom of the blessed and the free. And my Jesus soon is coming after me. There is nothing to Yes, I'm bound for the kingdom of the
But now I am found, was blind, but now I see. T'was ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. You are listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Continuing chapter 18, last week we finished with Harold working with the Advent Radio Church in Sydney. It is 1940. Resuming now. The family moved from Enfield to 59 Homebush Road, Strathfield, in 1940. The house was owned by a politician, Mr Affleck, and was quite spacious, with a central passageway running the length of the house, with many adjoining rooms. It was here on January 23, 1941, that Harold married Phyllis to Lance Keith Frost. Phyllis met Lance at Avondale College and he was working at the Kurenbong factory of the Sanitarium Health Food Company at the time of their marriage. The reception was also held at the house with many relatives and friends in attendance. Not long after, Harold visited the Sanitarium factory at Lewisham to conduct morning worship. He mentioned that he had a room to let. A young employee approached him in relation to the room She was living at Warunga and wanted to be closer to work. Her name was Donelda McConaughey. Donelda moved into the room at 59 Homebush Road. At the time, Raymond was living at home. He worked at the defence factory at Redfern, which made bodies for international trucks, ambulance bodies and gun carriers for the army. Raymond was working in a protected industry and was exempt from army service. Before long, Raymond was showing a romantic interest in Donelda. Harold continued his work through 1941 as war raged in Europe, moving around Sydney with his gold railway pass, which gave him unrestricted travel on the railway network. 
to visit those interested listeners who had requested contact. Harold studied and prayed with these people, answering questions and showing an interest in their lives and welfare. If there were children in the family, he always had a little gift for them, usually a piece of fruit or a similar treat. Children were attracted to him, and he always encouraged older children to read Bible texts for him to keep their interest. It had been that way throughout his ministry. At the South New South Wales conference session in September, Harold was confirmed as radio missioner. The pastor of the Advent Radio Church was Pastor Walter Batty, Harold's assistant at Hampton and Hamilton, Victoria, almost 20 years before. Pastor Batty was to conduct a mission at Concord before the end of 1941. His lady Bible instructor was Sister Elsie Moran, who had worked with Harold on the Concord mission in 1930. Harold was delighted to be closely associated with Walter Batty again. The two men were close enough for Walter to name a son after Harold's son, Raymond. The beginning of the Pacific War in December 1941 increased the manpower requirements for the Australian Army, and Raymond was drafted into the Army a few days before his marriage to Donelda McConaughey, which took place on May 19, 1942, Raymond's 21st birthday. Harold conducted the ceremony at the Ashfield Church and the reception was held at 59 Homebush Road. On the evening of May 31, Raymond and Donelda were on a ferry on Sydney Harbour. They were unaware, as were the other passengers, that a Japanese mini-submarine was in the harbour, having breached harbour defences. Just after midnight, the submarine fired a torpedo at the USS Chicago, an American cruiser moored in the harbour. The torpedo missed the USS Chicago, but struck the HMAS Cuttable, a converted Sydney ferry, resulting in the deaths of 19 Australian and two British sailors. Not long after this incident, Raymond went to Queensland with the 111th Transport Unit. Danelda moved to Queensland to be closer to Raymond. A baptism was held around this time at the Ashfield Church for those regular listeners of the Advent Radio Church who had been prepared for baptism by Harold. Those baptised were united with four of the Sydney churches. Subsequently, others made their decisions to be baptised and Harold continued to work with them. One day, Harold received a letter from a soldier in the Australian Army. He did not know the sender, but after opening and reading it, his memory stirred. Listen to this, Anne, he said excitedly. Do you remember the time at the Leichhardt Mission in 1929, when at his mother's request I anointed the young man with epilepsy? Yes, I do, replied Anne. Well, this letter is from that young man. He thought that he should write and tell me that God did heal him and that he has not had one seizure since that night. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it certainly is wonderful, Anne agreed. God loves to reward a mother's faith. On June 26, 1943, the Dremoyne Church members in Sydney attended church on one of the coldest days in years. That day they were to take up a paper offering to swell the building fund. Harold had suggested the paper offering. There were 20 adults present and £39 were required to reach the aim of £100 set for the year ending June 30, 1943. The aim for the day was £50. It seemed that their faith would be stretched to breaking point. Harold spoke on the depth of the sacrifice of Christ for each one present. Brother Eric Hon also encouraged the church members. When the offering was taken... The deacon reported fifty pounds and one shilling had been given. There were some tears as the congregation sang, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. 
Before the Sabbath ended, an additional five pounds was received from a member of another congregation. On Sunday, September 3, 1943, a day set aside by the Commonwealth Government as a special day of thanksgiving to God for his mercies through four years of devastating war, Harold conducted a noteworthy baptismal service in the Warunga Church. The day before, Harold rang Pastor A.W. Knight, his longtime associate in the ministry, to ask if the church could be made available after the public meeting that had been appointed for Sunday. The baptism was for two American merchant seamen, George E. Wickenburg of Los Angeles and Adam Strammel of Kansas. George Wickenburg had been a member of one of the Californian churches some years ago, but departed from the faith. His faith revived while he was travelling in his ship in the South Pacific, and he desired to return to the church. He had interested his Catholic friend Adam in his faith and procured for him a copy of Steps to Christ. Through reading that little book, Adam Stramel embraced the Adventist faith. After the baptism, the two seamen were received into church fellowship by members of the Warunga Church. Harold received a letter written from Los Angeles by George Wickenburg on January 21, 1944. It began, I have been home now a month and have been quite busy with my home folks. We had quite a time of it when we were in New Guinea last trip. I wish I could tell you all about it in this letter. I know that the brethren have remembered me in their prayers. We had some very close calls, being bombed six times, but none of us was hurt. I am thankful to our Father for his watchful care over us. He added that Adam had travelled east from San Francisco to Kansas, and that he had not heard from him since. He concluded the letter, I told the folks at our church how kind you have been to us, and they were happy to hear of the earnest efforts of the brethren in Australia in winning souls and helping our boys in every way they can. I sent my tithe in through the Union Conference for the Warunga Church. I expect to be leaving soon again, and I hope it is for Sydney, for I should like to see you again. God bless you all and your loved ones. Not long after, Harold received a letter from Adam Stromel, who wrote from Salt Lake City and enclosed a substantial sum of money in returning to God his first tithe. Meanwhile, Harold and Anne visited Victoria for a holiday in 1943. Anne's brother Peter died in January 1943, and Harold and Anne felt that it was a good time to visit Victoria. While they were away, Donelda came back from Brisbane to care for Jack at Harold and Anne's request. Raymond had been in North Queensland and had returned to Sydney to embark for Papua New Guinea in late 1943, serving with the 1st Australian Bulk Petroleum Unit. The unit refuelled boats for the Australian Navy and Air Force in Port Moresby. Raymond repaired fuel lines and had his own welding shop. At this time, a number of Seventh-day Adventist missionaries had returned to Papua New Guinea. They were evacuated early in 1942 when the Japanese threatened Papua New Guinea. One of these missionaries, Pastor C.E. Mitchell, related to Raymond an amazing story involving Pastor Harker's ministry to his wife in Sydney several years before and prior to the evacuation from Papua New Guinea. Chapter 19. Full Hands Harold was seated on the rostrum of a church in Sydney prior to preaching. As the deacon came onto the rostrum to collect the offering from the members of the platform party, he passed a note to Harold. The note was from Sister C.E. Mitchell. She requested that Harold see her after the service. This Harold did. She explained her predicament to Harold. Recently I had an operation for abdominal cancer and the surgeon found that the cancer was inoperable. My husband is badly needed in New Guinea but my situation will keep him from his work there. 
When I saw you here this morning, I felt that I should ask you to anoint me and pray for my healing. Harold agreed to the request and asked the elders of the church to join him. They prayed and anointed her in harmony with the biblical injunction. Immediately, Sister Mitchell felt healed. Subsequent x-rays revealed no evidence of cancer. Sister Mitchell returned to Papua New Guinea where she supported her husband in his missionary work. This work, along with the work of other Seventh-day Adventist missionaries, was to have an important impact on the lives of many Australian soldiers who were wounded or who became ill on the Kokoda track while beating back the Japanese invasion force. Many of the fuzzy-wuzzy angels who helped evacuate the wounded or ill Australians on the Kokoda track were Seventh-day Adventists or had been influenced by Adventist missions. Their tender care of the wounded and ill saved the lives of many Australian soldiers. The mission stations along the Kokoda track had encouraged selfless service as a divine obligation, and the result was often the legendary work of the fuzzy-wuzzy angels. During the evacuation, the native church members did what they could to maintain the mission stations and welcomed the missionaries back after the defeat of the Japanese in Papua New Guinea. Pastor Mitchell was proud of the work of the native members. When Sister Mitchell returned to New Guinea after the evacuation, Raymond was visiting the mission at Biziatabu, where Pastor Mitchell was stationed. Biziatabu was just off the Kokoda Track, about 20 miles north of Port Moresby. After greeting Raymond, he said, I want you to meet my wife. Raymond was introduced to Sister Mitchell. She was a picture of health with pink cheeks. In 1944, the Sydney Advent Radio Church was absorbed into the Advent Radio Church network conducted by Pastor Elsie Naden. From small beginnings in Sydney in 1935, the programs were carried on 36 stations on the East Coast alone. Harold's work continued to expand in Sydney. The Bible Correspondence Course, operated through a section of the Radio Church, generated significant interest. Although he was now 66 and past normal retiring age, Harold continued full-time ministry, although he was supported by Sustentation, his church pension. In February 1944, Harold was asked to continue following up interests in Sydney generated by the Advent Radio Church. That month, Harold reported that seven people had begun observing the Sabbath since the beginning of the new year. On March 25, 1944, Harold baptised six people in the North Sydney Church. A couple were to have been baptised but were called away by a death in the family. A year later, after Pastor Naden had given a solemn exposition of the unpardonable sin, Harold was visiting a large public hospital in Sydney. One of the patients beckoned him. Harold recognised the man as a former church member whose Christian experience had grown cold. This man listened to Pastor Naden's sermon the Sunday night before and felt it was God's alarm signal for him. He promised that if God would restore his health, he would worship on the Sabbath again. In his enthusiasm, he talked to the man in the next bed who, with his wife, embraced the Adventist message. Pastor Naden received two anonymous messages from listeners who responded to the sermon and as a result changed the direction of their lives. One of these wrote, Thank you for the warning that came just in time. It was a God-sent message to me, and I feel it was God's final warning. By the grace of God, I'm turning from my sin. I never got such a warning before, and it's made me realize how far I had sunk. I praise God for the warning. Thus at least five people turned away from their sins as a result of this one sermon. Harold's personal experience of the effects of this one radio sermon encouraged him greatly. 
he enjoyed participating in the prayer group that responded to listeners' requests for prayer. This simple expression of faith came from a boy of 12. Thank you for praying for rain, as my auntie's tanks are full. I'm also enclosing the card for my grandmother. She is better. Thank you. The work of the Advent Radio Church was expanding and its influence was felt in unlikely places. A Melbourne businessman contacted Pastor H. E. Piper as he was preparing to move to Sydney. This man told Pastor Piper that he had listened to the radio church since Pastor Sibley was the radio speaker for the church in Melbourne. He was amazed to discover that Adventists were operating over 11 stations in Victoria and said it was his desire to help this work. He reached for his checkbook and handed Pastor Piper a cheque for £300. To be continued. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, the life and ministry of H.C.K. Harker. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. The next psalm I would like to share with you from my paraphrase is probably the best-known psalm of all and perhaps the best-known passage of Scripture. And it is Psalm 23, a psalm of David. And I've entitled this psalm, The Shepherd and the Host. I am like a sheep, and the Lord is my shepherd. He will always take care of me. When it is time for me to rest, he provides a bed of tender grass. And when I need to drink, his still waters do not frighten me. My shepherd cheers me when I am downcast and leads me along the right path where I can honour him. Sometimes I enter a valley where death stalks me. But with my shepherd near, I do not fear, for his strong arm and shepherd's rod protect and care for me. He is my kind host, setting a table of good things for me, even when my enemies are near. I am consecrated to him as he anoints my head with oil. My cup of joy overflows. I do not doubt that he shall bless me with goodness and mercy, and shall grant me life here in this world and a place forever in his heavenly home.